This is Truth Talks. Thanks everyone for turning in to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you all for tuning in today and listening. And uh, I'm back here with uh, the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church, Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, buddy. Awesome. Thank you for joining me today, sir. And uh, I told you or left off last time with a uh, a question that I was going to ask you. Right. So you always ask me questions, man. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be one of those uh, one of those questions that I have. Uh, last time we were talking about, and we are going to continue our talk today uh, about the situation with Joshua Harris as many of you know he has actually gone apostate and uh if you have not listened to the first part of this I would definitely recommend you go back and listen to that first because that kind of sets up what we're talking about today Mm. now getting into the discussion today I'm going to go ahead and ask this big question up front so hypothetically Joshua Harris uh repents is he allowed to pastor again? Uh, the answer to that is clear. No. Why not? He repented. Yeah. He is now a new creature, according to scripture. Yeah. He is, um, you know, has changed his ways. Yeah. Denounced uh, the things that he put on Twitter. Yeah. And he is, you know, now wanting to be a pastor again. Yeah. So a couple things with that. One is... Um, because it's a hypothetical question, you know, there's all kinds of nuances there that, you know, have to be dealt with, but, and I will say that this has happened before. Oh oh yeah. It's happened. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, in the sense of because where this is going, Mm because I know where it's going with Mm -hmm. him because of what's coming out with the homosexuality and all of that Mm -hmm. and what's likely to come out. Um, yeah, that would, uh, that would just disqualify him um I, you know i take a position a pretty strong position that uh, uh once a man disqualifies himself from ministry mm-hmm. like this when he apostatizes and walks away from the faith especially uh from where he has been yeah it would be it would only bring more confusion on the church right he's he's without question harmed the church by way of his church and those connected with him drastically. And now to do a boomerang and come back, uh, we pray that he'll repent and be saved, but, uh, to put him back in ministry, uh, would not only be wise. I think it would be, uh, I think it would be unbiblical on many levels. So Mm -hmm. based upon first Timothy three and Titus one, uh, without question, he's proven to lack discernment. He's proven to lack, uh, self-control. He's proven, uh, uh, definitely proven that he doesn't uh, hold tightly to the word of God. I mean, there's all these things. So if he repents, then he has to then demonstrate faithfulness. He has to go, you know, for an unforeseen period of time and demonstrate that. And, you know, that just, you know, there's no way for that for me to say, yes, if he does this, then that. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go out and say, no, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he should ever be a pastor. Not after uh, what he's demonstrating now. Yeah. You know, now, um, doesn't mean that somebody can't be removed for a time. I think there are some times when that could be the case, but in a case like his, no, I, I don't, I don't think that's, that's, uh, helpful 
or or uh, biblical mm-hmm. at all. I think he has apostatized, and he needs to be he needs to repent and be saved. That's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Not serve in ministry by way of publicly. He's done that and abused that, and uh, he's a false teacher now on many levels, and uh, which is scary. And uh, there's a lot in Scripture that says about that, and uh, so uh, it's proven that that he is not was not a steward he was a false teacher of that position and it would be totally unwise to give that back to him Mm. the position of leadership in the church is no joke and it's not whimsically given out Mm -hmm. and so to uh, take a man that uh, does what he has done and put him back in there would would not be helpful at all most people have this idea of the story of redemption and it would give god great glory and blah 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 no obedience to the word gives God the greatest glory, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think He's been disqualified, and uh, that's the end of it. Yeah, I because you know I've, I've I've many people in my head right now that have divorced their wives. Sure, um, you know have had some issues with homosexuality. Yeah, um, and then you know there was this whole story of repentance, yeah. and then they're back in the pulpit. Yep, and uh, you know. In a lot of those cases, well, the one I'm thinking of, you know, directly would be Todd White and yeah. what he's yeah. Todd White, Todd Bentley, not Todd, Todd White, yeah. one of the Todds. Yep. Um, Todd Bentley, uh, he, you know, divorced his wife, left her, and yeah. you know all that. Um, but I mean, again, you're disqualified. Yeah. I mean, that's crystal clear, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've, if you, you lose your family, you lose, your, you lose your ministry. Yeah. Again, Scripture is undeniably clear about that mm-hmm. and uh, he's not he's no longer a one woman man which is the which is one of the primary qualifications for being an elder and therefore he is disqualified mm-hmm. right um to uh be above reproach joshua harris is no longer above reproach on every single level mm-hmm. this will haunt him the rest of his life mm-hmm. right and um you know uh even even it gets really tricky where you can have because there is a scriptural warrant for for biblical there is biblical divorce meaning you know god says except for immorality so if a spouse is is involved in in unrepentant ongoing immorality then uh that does provide a, a doorway to uh sever that marriage covenant based you know with god's uh uh, blessing on that sense, as well as abandonment in First Corinthians seven. If the uns, if you're married to an unbeliever and they want to leave, then Paul says, let them go. And so those two cases in particular uh, uh, give grounds for biblical divorce. And uh, even in that case, though, right? So a, a guy could be in ministry and then come to find out he's married to an unbeliever, a false follower, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, or he, um, in the sense of if he's a pastor and his wife, you know. Um, there could be that could warrant him uh, stepping down from ministry, mm-hmm. but then coming back because you know. Uh, but you know what? That could very well disqualify him for life because of the tumultuous nature of that. He would no longer be above reproach. That could haunt him. The story of it, the depending on how what all happened. So again, it's not it's not as simple as as you know repentance forgiveness and now you're back in ministry mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't work that way because the the position of leadership in the church is so serious god holds it to a high standard and so the church must as well mm-hmm. and so it's imperative that uh, yes we forgive 70 times 7 that's a whole different issue that's the primary issue having your sins forgiven your life restored reconciled to god 
but the whole idea of ministry in the church by way of uh, public office of eldership, that's a different story. And that is a very small group of men that God calls. God never calls, ever. He never calls disqualified men to ministry. Mm -hmm. The church would do well to grab a hold of that truth and cling to it. And so if a man is disqualified, he's no longer involved in ministry. Now, again, doesn't mean that a guy couldn't come back after years of faithfulness. Um, even, like I said, if his divorce was biblical or if it was before he was saved. But even then, it has to be a case-by-case, specific, evaluated, where's the guy at? Is there going to be? Because, I mean, Scripture says this. Is Satan going to somehow use this against the man? Right. And he could, because Satan's wildly. And so he has to be above reproach, mm-hmm. even in his reputation, mm-hmm. right? And um, so... Yeah, and of course, in this situation, without question, he's no longer above reproach. Yeah, this thing will call, this thing will haunt him the rest of his life if he repents. Right, uh, which you know, which is our ultimate prayer. Hmm. Yeah, does, does that answer your question? It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, it's not how most people will want me to answer it, but I think of I course, answered it. yeah, because <laughs> you know the reality is there are people that are listening that their pastor has you know, left her, his, you know, or her, yeah. <laughs> their, their spouse and yeah. are now have a new life with this new spouse and new church. And, yeah, you know, people are following them and all there's that. There's nothing, there's things. nothing about that that is biblical. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you couldn't have struggles in a marriage where a pastor, you know, works that out and, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he does step down and, and, but the marriage is, is continuing to grow and mm-hmm. he works that out and he, you know, grows through that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. There could be a time where, you know, he steps away from ministry. Mm-hmm. He's a young man. You can see this and, and, uh, he gets good counsel and he grows, you know, you see this even a lot with young guys going to ministry and they hadn't even gone to seminary right. and they're, you know, they're having all kinds of marital issues and it's like, yeah, no, you should have never been there in the first place. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, he steps down, he, he sits under good teaching. He's being discipled. He's growing. He goes to seminary. He's, he's growing. He's maturing. He's 10 years, 15 years later. Now he's back in ministry. That's a different, that's a totally different discussion. Yeah. Right. You know? And so, uh, yeah, I mean that, that reality is there in the, in the world. But this whole idea of, you know, he, he uh, fornicates and is an immoral man and then comes back and repents, but he's abandoned his wife and the family, and, but now he's, you know, crocodile tears and he wants back in ministry. Yeah, that's unbiblical at every level. Yeah, yeah. So um, we kind of uh, offline, we were talking about, uh, you know, the wheat and the tares and yeah. uh, them growing all together. Yeah. Uh, as far as this situation, and this is not a situation that specifically is new, and Joshua Harris is the first person to actually go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, what are things that we can diligently do um, in order to not fall into this yeah. type of trap? And, uh, uh, you know. That's a great question, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so thankful you're the host. <laughs> <laughs> it's no that's that's so good so practical so and again that's my always my fear when we deal with these cultural issues which i, I don't mind doing that and mm-hmm. i don't you know we got to deal with them and we got to help our people and encourage our own hearts but i'm you know we i don't want to gossip and i don't want to fall into sin myself 
by talking about this this guy who I don't even personally know. Right. That's why I always want to just go back to Scripture and focus on Scripture. But you're spot on, right? Uh, and again, I think I ended the last podcast with that reality that this should scare us in the right way, mm-hmm. should hu- meaning humble us. Mm-hmm. You know, Galatians six is so helpful. Um, when Galatians six, the command is you, you know, when you when you find a, a brother or sister who's trapped, ensnared, enslaved into a sin, you who are spiritual, restore him, mm-hmm. right? Bring him, you know, confront him, and then restore him. And I love it in the spirit of gentleness, mm-hmm. right? Watching your own heart so that you don't fall prey and fall into sin. And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, while that verse isn't directly applicable to this whole situation of Joshua Harris, the idea of watching yourself because mm-hmm. the pride that lurks in all of our hearts, especially when things like this. Listen, you know you are not Christ-like when you revel in someone else's fall. Mm-hmm. When you when you hear of a story like this. And your heart immediately goes to some sort of either self infatuation or I would never do that or that's mm-hmm. not me or mm-hmm. I knew that guy. You, you you know your heart is heading in a direction that's totally away from Christ. Yeah, it should be broken. It should be compassionate. It should be prayerful, and uh, that's where I think that's the first response to protect mm-hmm. us from this mm-hmm. is to even check our own response. Yeah, if our own response is immediate judgment, right? And he needs to be judged in the sense of critiqued. So mm-hmm. we can learn from it. But if your first heart is to crucify, then something's wrong, mm-hmm. right? It should be to pray. Pray for him. Pray for yourself. <laughs> pray for your brothers and sisters, which the Scripture commands us to. That's why we don't forsake the assembling together in Hebrews 10, right? And Or excuse me, yeah, Hebrews 10, Hebrews 12, so that we do not lose, lose hope where we're not the, discouraged. We're there. The whole point of coming together on the Lord's Day is to encourage one another, mm-hmm. to be edified in the faith, to motivate, to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, and to spur one another on, as John says, to love and good deeds. So, yeah, it's so, so important. So, yes, how do you respond to this? One is, is by humbling yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I mean, even in the midst of just about everything that the Bible commands us to humble ourselves. First Peter 5, in the midst of our anxiety and suffering, in suffering, right? First command, humble yourselves mm-hmm. under the mighty hand of God, and he will, you know, exalt you. That's James even says that. So the reality of humility, I think, is, is always the best step forward. It's the first one. Humble yourself and know that, but for the grace of God, as Paul said in Corinthians, right? He says, if it were not for the grace of God, there go I, right? Mm -hmm. The reality that it is only by God's grace that we are saved. It is only by God's grace that we stay saved Mm -hmm. in the sense of you can't lose your salvation, but that you don't abandon it like Joshua Harris did is only by the grace of God, right? So there's nothing about us. That, that should drive us to boasting. It should drive us to boasting in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's, what, uh, that's another response, right? Humble ourselves and then examine ourselves and see if at any place, which we all struggle with this, that we're looking to ourselves for anything. If you're looking to ourselves for salvation, satisfaction, or sanctification, repent immediately. Mm-hmm. It should be all of those should be found in Christ. Our salvation, our sanctification, and our satisfaction in life should all be found in Christ, not in ourselves. Well, all of us struggle with that. That's the ongoing battle of the flesh, Galatians 5. So there should be this continual uh, uh, pursuit of humility as we examine our heart in relationship to Christ, and we examine our life in relationship to the gospel, and we should be driving ourselves. So yes, humble yourselves, examine yourselves, and then ultimately, right, rejoice 
rejoice in Christ. Mm-hmm. Rejoice that this life is not about us, that we are pursuing Christ because we have been pursued by Christ. Yeah. Right? He has drawn us unto himself. Mm-hmm. As he said, even to his disciples in John 15, what is it, 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Yeah. Right? We, we are his elect. Mm-hmm. And if we are in Christ, if we have repented, it's only because he has pursued us. So rejoice in that and find hope in him in the work that he has done on the cross, in the work that he's continuing to do. Philippians 1, 6, he that began this good work in you will be faithful to complete it and mm-hmm. rejoice in that, that even in the midst of this, I don't have to cling to myself. I cling to the cross of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I cling to the love of Christ that will not let me go. And and rejoice in that. Turn mm-hmm. away from, again, that, that is turning away from self even further, right? Saturate your mind in the scriptures. I don't know what number we're on now. I'm just going through answering <laughs> your questions, right? Humble yourself, examine yourself, and then exalt Christ. Mm-hmm. Focus on Christ. Make your life and your mind be all about Christ. That's again, Hebrews 12. Isn't it interesting? In the letter of the Hebrews, written to a group of people who were being tempted to apostatize, which is what Joshua Harris did, mm-hmm. there the author of Hebrews says what? warns them don't do it don't do it and the whole book's about what christ Mm -hmm. it's about turning away from yourself and focus on christ and that's what we love with the um the uh, hebrews 11 the hall of faith because before christ you had those patriarchs and those faithful men and women who what they didn't focus on themselves they focused on the faithfulness of god and the promise of god given to them Mm -hmm. and even though they didn't get the promise given to them in the sense of they didn't see it culminate Mm -hmm. they had the promise the truth of god's word given to them and they trusted it Mm -hmm. meaning the focus wasn't them the focus was on the faithfulness of god then he starts in chapter 12 and it's what we have something better than the promise we we have christ Mm -hmm. the fulfillment of the promise right therefore Fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on you. Don't focus on your life. Don't focus on your resolve, your choice, your whatever. Focus on your Savior. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. again, this is where even in church history and patriarchs of church history like like um, John Calvin, one of the blessings of Calvin was that he, above many of the Puritans, was a man who focused on Christ, mm-hmm. right? You read him and you study him. He, he's done, he, done some, he did some marvelous work on faith and some marvelous work on assurance of salvation. One of the things I love about Calvin versus many of the other Puritans was Calvin was big. He was big on saying your assurance of salvation rests in Christ alone, meaning you don't even look to the fruit of your faith. And Calvin has confused a lot of people on this, but I think he's really helpful Mm -hmm. where he says, you don't even look to the fruit of your faith as your ultimate assurance. You look in the fruit to the fruit of Christ, Hmm. Christ's work in your life, Christ's work for your life, Christ's work in your life. It's all about Christ. Mm -hmm. For for Calvin, it was all Christ. Mm -hmm. He focused on Christ. He lived for Christ. He he, he delighted in Christ. And I mean, that's, that's Hebrews 12. Yeah. And that's what they lost sight of. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, this exalting in Christ. But then how do you do that? Mm-hmm. You do that through the through the um, explanation, exposition, the 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 uh, word of truth. Mm-hmm. So to delight in Christ, to grow in Christ, you have to be in the word. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm trying to answer your question in some sort of format. So, yes. well, so you got to go to the word, meaning you got to obey it. Yeah. You got to follow the word. You got to obey the word. You got to saturate yourself in the word, which clearly, you know, at the end of the day, if we could read 
the the tea leaves or read the backstory of Joshua Harris, I bet you you would find all of these were missing mm -hmm. or were fading away. Well, right? one thing that I did notice um, uh, in what you said was that that one it was focused on Christ. But we as people, we want to focus on ourselves, yeah. not just, you know, who we are or yeah. what we can accomplish, but our works, yeah. what we are actually doing. And that quote by John Calvin just is, is really, really helpful because yeah. it's the fact that we focus on the fruit and what yeah. we've been talking about in our men's Bible study. Yeah. We're so much focusing on the fruit and the love, the joy and the peace and all that that comes with it. Yeah. We don't focus on the roots, which is the, the part that is the most important and the part that only Christ can do, the propitiation, the, uh, the adoption, the redemption, uh, the, you know, all of those, you know, shuns that yeah. we, we focus on. We don't, we don't, we, we think that it's something that we can do, but no, we can't do any of those things uh, ourselves. Christ has to do it. And then the fruit is the part that, you know, we try to focus on, but it, it, it helps us none because that just discourages us because we try and try and try and we fail. Or, or it, it uh, makes you more prideful. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So look how much you're learning. Hey. Because at the end of the day, when you focus on the root, Ultimately, what is the end result of that? You exalt in Christ. Mm -hmm. You delight in Christ. And that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Learning to delight in Christ, yep. which you cannot do without delighting in his word, Psalm 1, right? So as the word of Christ and the person of Christ go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other because you can't know Christ without his word. So absolutely, you're spot on. That's what it's about. And that's why I think that's the practical side of this is having your mind, your heart, and your life driven by the word of Christ, mm -hmm. right? And that's not that's what's not happening here with Joshua Harrison, whoever else in that category. But for us, it's always about what does the word say? And then the, the big question is, what am I going to do? Yeah. And so you got to know the word, but more importantly, you got to follow it. Mm -hmm. You've got to obey it. You've got to submit your life to it. And uh, that's how you guard yourself from all of this. And I think what I said last time, I think is a good kind of uh, final point is then you, you have to remember. You have to not forget that these things will happen. These things have been promised to happen. These these uh, false teachers, false followers, false false uh, pastors, false missionaries, false servants. I mean, this is this is exactly what the word uh, told us what what Christ told us when he walked on earth what God told us through his word and so we should not lose sight of and in some ways this just validates even further the word mm -hmm. because everything we're watching is literally what it said yeah I, it, I, I pointed this passage out to you in the break and I think it, it literally second uh, Timothy chapter 3 is all about godliness in the last days mm -hmm. and just listen to this one verse uh, verse 12 and 13 uh, or he, he says, indeed, all who desire to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Verse 13, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving. Remember what I said on the break and being deceived. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt mm -hmm. that what you see in Josh, Josh Harris, no doubt was and I bet you if, if some of this will come out that there was a time in his life where he was just deceived where he mm -hmm. was sincere in what he said mm -hmm. probably what he wrote mm -hmm. and he believed it but he was self-deceived about who he truly was and even what he was saying and then he turned the corner at some point and became just an active deceiver where he knew in his heart I don't no longer believe this but um, but I'm gonna keep pretending and now he just came out so that 
that interplay of being self-deceived and then deceiving that that reality has gone on since the beginning of time hmm. and it will not stop until our lord returns and sets up his kingdom and 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 in eternity when we go into eternity with him in hmm. heaven it'll all be vanquished then maranatha amen <laughs> come yeah. lord jesus yeah. so again that remembering then holds our anchor tight in the midst of the storm of the duplicitous nature of the of christians quote unquote and believers, quote unquote, mm-hmm. who claim to be such but prove to not be. Mm-hmm. Well, God is holy, and uh, we are not holy. We are created ones, and uh, we are sinful. And uh, God, in His love, uh, decided to send Jesus to save us. Uh, but we have a choice. We have a choice to reject Him, um, or we can repent and believe. And uh, we can receive his salvation and receive Christ's propitiation on our behalf. Thank you all for tuning in to the Truth Talks podcast. Uh, We have some more uh, subjects that we have coming down the pipeline that are very, very good. So trust me, you will not want to miss any of the uh, podcasts. You will definitely want to follow us on Instagram if you have one, the Truth Talks podcast. And uh, we'll kind of give you uh, an indication of what's coming up and coming down the pipeline. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Take care. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.